your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 5th, 2021. Hopefully everyone had a really good weekend, had a really good, safe Easter, and uh, ready for another week. And I'll tell you, man, I'm ready for another week. I'm ready for this month to kind of fly by and get to the NFL draft, April 29th, just so we can see what the Raiders are going to do in this year's draft. And a lot of conversation uh, lately on the show about the draft, including on Friday. Got a ton of reaction to Friday's show. Definitely appreciate everyone who reached out by way of a Phone, text, Twitter, either way you look at it, man. A lot of folks hit me up talking about Friday's show, so I definitely appreciate that and uh, got a lot to get to on today's show. Before we get into anything on today's show, I do want you to know that it's being brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. That's at BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. I'll tell you all about Built Bar a little bit later on in the show. But coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 the number 707-654-4693 those are coming up and like I said a lot of good feedback from Friday's show a lot of it about being aggressive and should the Raiders be aggressive in the upcoming draft and I'll tell you man it's so funny after doing that show on Friday I was thinking to myself Man, I should have tried to be aggressive in in our locked-on NFL draft that we're having. Uh, I did not get aggressive. I I told you that before. I had a couple guys that I was choosing from. Trayvon Merrick, the safety from TCU. Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, linebacker from Notre Dame. Tevin Jenkins, offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. And Liam Eikenberg, offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Those are the ones that I was really choosing from. I did not trade up. I did not trade back. I picked at 17, and one of those guys is the one that I selected. But I'm telling you, after Friday, Friday show, and then after listening to some of the calls and reading some of the text that I got on that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, I was thinking, man, wish I came up with this idea or thought about this a little earlier. I should have been aggressive my damn self in the draft, but I did not. So either way you look at it, uh, that'll be coming out. Uh, I think April 19th is when that whole little draft thing drops. So anyway, uh, we'll get to that at some point. So segment number three, calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Segment number two, across the network, they're kind of calling Monday's Mock Draft Monday, and I haven't really been doing that. i just kind of been doing my own thing, kind of like I always do. And so I'm going to go over a few different mock drafts in segment number two, and I'm not going to go over the whole one. I'm just going to tell you who is it is and who they have the Raiders picking at number 17 and why. So that's what's going to come up in segment number two. Something something similar to a little Mock Draft Monday style, but uh, there's going to be like one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven different people uh, in their Mock Drafts and uh, who they have the Raiders picking at 17. So uh, I'll let you know who these guys have uh, selected for the Raiders and then if I would like that player or if I think that player would be a good one there at number 17 overall. And then in uh, segment number one, new News and notes of the day or whatever I kind of collected over the weekend. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. On Friday, we all got the annual Nevin Lawson's going to be suspended for <laughs> notice. He's being suspended for two games this time. And this is something that's happened. It feels like every single year. I mean, he's got a suspension streak going. Uh, he was suspended four games to start the 2019 season for PEDs. He was suspended one game to start the 2020 season for helmet to helmet contact. And now this year suspended two games for PES, so Performance Enhancing Substances. So there you go. So Nevin Lawson, uh, the gift that just keeps on giving, he keeps getting suspended. I don't really honestly know 
why the Raiders decide to keep him around so long. They really have. For some reason, John Gruden really likes Nevin Lawson. He really doesn't do a whole lot. And I know he's been on the podcast before, but he hasn't really done a whole lot as far as, you know, as far as just being a good player. You know, he's one of those guys that whenever he's on the field, you kind of feel like, oh man, he's going to be a liability. He's not a guy that I would ever want starting, even though sometimes he has to start because of injury to someone else. I mean, I guess he's he's in good shape and he's ready to go and he's a good depth piece. But man, this dude is suspended every single stinking year and and then when he does get in games, you know he gets burned a lot. So I just I don't really see the big appeal to, uh, of Nevin Lawson. Maybe this will be the year during training camp when he gets cut and gets released. But uh, again, if they didn't cut him when he was uh, when he was suspended for four games, they didn't cut him suspended for one game last year. They're probably not going to cut him for two games this year. So uh, Nevin Lawson again the the annual he's suspended for uh, email or, or notice came out on Friday. So shouldn't have been shocked. I just kind of tweeted like, hey, this is becoming a yearly thing. Uh, you could almost. Do do like a bet on over-under on how many games is it going to be this year. Nevin Lawson's gets suspended. Well, it is two. So there you go. And also on Friday, Colton Miller, his contract extension became official. Uh, if you recall, he signed a three-year contract extension worth $54 million, which really doesn't even start to kick in for a couple seasons because uh, he still had the fourth year. He has his fifth-year option, and then he's got the contract extension. So the Raiders got out in front of it and uh, got him a contract extension already. So he's locked in uh, through 20, what, 2025 or whatever. I mean, he's, he's going to be there for quite a while. So that's a, that's a good thing for the former uh, 15th overall pick, first rounder in 2018. He's played uh, 46 games, 46 starts, 46 games. He only missed two games in his career so far, and that was in 2020. So the team put out an email about the contract extension becoming official, and they said that the athletic six foot eight, 325 pound tackle out of UCLA started in 14 games during the 2020 campaign, helping the Raiders rank eighth in the NFL in total offense, averaging 383.3 yards per game while finishing 10th in the league and fewest sacks allowed, 28. Miller also paid the way for running back Josh. Jacobs to become the first running back in franchise history to surpass a thousand rushing yards in each of his first two seasons and block for quarterback Derek Carr as he set career marks in passing yards 4,103 and passer rating 101.4. So that became official, and then Colton Miller had a press conference after that. So I wanted to bring to you a few of the sound bites from his presser. It was about 12, 13 minutes, obviously not going to play the whole thing. And Colton Miller is not one of those guys that's just great to listen to or you know he's going to say some really, really good, intriguing things. He's not really that guy, but he's a heck of a left tackle. He's done a really good job since coming into the league. And, of course, I was one that was really, really was down on that pick when John Gruden made that, and that was his first pick. Colton Miller was John Gruden's first pick in his return to the silver and black, and I was down on that pick, but – it clearly has, has worked out in a major way. Now he's got a second contract, so good for him. So one of the questions he was asked was if he was worried that the deal might not get done. And his answer, again, I told you that the contract extension came early. His answer is, is pretty interesting and, and shows you that he wasn't even worried about a contract or even thinking about a contract. Um, I was actually surprised coming into uh, uh, coming out of year three, going into year four. Uh, you know, you, you dream about this, you know, when you're a little kid and uh, – or through the season, uh, but um, I'm excited, definitely excited uh, to continue my career here, um, continue to work hard and, and prove to the coaches, prove to this team, you know, um, that, uh, you know, that I'm invested and uh, I'm going to continue to get better. 
So there you go. He was surprised, you know, going out of year three, going into year four. He didn't think he was going to get a contract extension then. He probably thought he was going to get it going out of year four, heading into his uh, his fifth year, that fifth year option year. Instead, the Raiders get ahead of it. And I think that was smart. I talked about it when it was announced. I think it was smart. The contracts are going to be going up. The money, uh, the salary caps are going to be going up. So if you can go ahead and lock down your left tackle right now and get him in in a decent deal, uh, by the time his contract was really up and, and really deserved a new contract extension, then it's going to be extreme money. So I think the Raiders did a good thing by getting him in, locking him in a little bit early. Uh, another question was what Colton Miller has learned from Rodney Hudson and what he learned from him. And now that he's gone, does he feel like he has to be a bigger leader on that offensive line? Yeah, Rodney, um, it was it was great having him here um, these past couple years. Uh, he was a huge help from my rookie year um, to this past year. But um, he's not only taught me, but Andre James, um, uh, another lineman we just signed uh, or extended um, and he's really taught him the ropes and I'm really excited for Andre and this opportunity too um, you know I, I've I work with him every day and um, you know I, I'm I feel confident in what he can do um, you know it, obviously there's going to be competition but uh, you know I think we have uh, a good group a good group ahead of us and you know we're just going to continue to work hard together. We're going to continue to invest. I trust trust Tom Cable. Um, I trust me, Richie, Denzel, and, and Andre, and um, and whoever we choose to. Uh, Jared, um, John Simpson, um, whoever we bring in, you know, I, we'll be okay. You know, we'll uh, we'll continue to work hard and and. Um, and get the job done. So there's Colton Miller talking about Rodney Hudson, what he taught him, but also Andre James. You see, he brought up Andre James' name uh, on his own, and that's a guy that's expected to take over that center role now that Rodney Hudson's gone. So Andre Colton Miller was asked about his college teammate, uh, Andre James, and, uh, and what his thoughts on him were. Yeah, so uh, Andre, of course, he's, uh, he's, a year, he's a year younger than me. Um, went back to UCLA, played on the same line. Uh, it was awesome. Seeing him get picked up here, undrafted, uh, guys just came to work every day, learned, picked up as much as he can from Rodney. Um, I mean, you know, you could see, you see, he already had the footwork, he already had the fundamentals. He just needed to fine tune some uh, some littler stuff, and and he's come along a great way. And I'm I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for the competition coming up um, to see what he does, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's funny to look back, funny to look back at that. So there he is talking about Andre James, kind of looking back at their college years at UCLA. And so the final soundbite that I want you to hear still has to do with Andre James. It's just Colton Miller talking about what it is about him that everyone's so fired up about. What does he see from Andre James that makes him feel like he could fill that role? Again, it goes back to fundamentals. Andre has he he has a. Um, great set of fundamentals from the footwork to hands um, and how he moves. Uh, I think the a challenge could be, of course, from any center is just the mentality of the offense, um, being in sync, and of course, developing that relationship with DC, which is what he's doing right now. You know, they're spending extra time off the field during this offseason. Uh, he's really doing all he can to make those big strides, and I'm excited for him.
So there you go. Colton Miller talking about Andre James. And uh, everyone's pretty excited about this young man. And obviously the Raiders said that or felt like he's going to be good enough to fill that center position or they wouldn't have moved on from Rodney Hudson. So we will see. Obviously, none of us know. We'll see when uh, training camp hits. We'll see when, uh, you know, preseason hits. And we'll see during the regular season, can he hold that down? Of course, there'll be competition at that spot. But most likely, Andre James will be the guy who's the center, the starting center for the Raiders in 2021. So that's all I got for you. If you want to hear more from Colton Miller, you can go to Raiders.com. They have the whole presser right there. Coming up in segment number two, Mock Draft Monday is what we're going to call it. I'm going to take a look at a few mock drafts out there and uh, tell you who they have the Raiders selected at number 17 and kind of talk about those picks. If I like them, if I don't like them, if it's a good one or not, we'll do that in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag and tonight. March Madness comes to a conclusion. The national championship game is tonight. Baylor and Gonzaga going to be a really, really good game. Very excited about that. Well, that could be a game that you could have a little bit more excitement, not just watch the game, not just see how the action unfolds, but also be a part of the action by getting your gamble on with it. You can do that at betonline.ag. Uh, open up a free account today, and if you use the bonus, if you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put $200 in your account, then you'll have $300 to play with. Simple as that. But college basketball, Basketball is not all that betonline.ag has you covered in. I mean, NBA, baseball is in full effect now. Uh, hockey's going on. UFC, anything that you can get your gamble on, betonline.ag definitely has you covered. They're your online sportsbook experts. Again, open up that free account today. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get that 50% welcome bonus just like that. So betonline.ag, if you're on social media, check them out at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag. Segment or two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to go into a little mock draft Monday style. Take a look at a few mock drafts that are out there and just looking at the Raiders pick in particular. A lot of times I go through different drafts completely the whole first round. Instead of that, I'm just going to go through what matters to us, which is what the Raiders are going to do at number 17. So uh, grab the handful of different mock drafts that are out there right now, and I just want to kind of break them down a little bit. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, First, Lance Zierlein. He's from uh, NFL.com. He does a really good job of uh, breaking down like talent evaluating everywhere. Lance Zierlein on NFL.com at number 17 overall has Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama for the Raiders. Uh, he says, many mock drafts have the Raiders targeting a linebacker here, but Barmore is a true two-way defensive tackle who can improve the Raiders' run defense and interior pass rush. And I'd be okay with that pick if it wasn't 17. Uh, I talked about Christian Barmore quite a bit last week, and I feel like he just kind of runs hot and cold, and he's not hot all the time. And so I don't even think that he's really a first-round guy. I like him. Being a guy who likes Alabama football, I like him a lot from what he can do, but does he do it consistently is my problem. So if they get him in round two, I'd be fine with that. But I think at 17 is way too high for Christian Barmore. I just don't see what he's done um, to, that's really improved his stock from being a hot and cold guy. I mean, like like one of the big examples was Quentin Williams when he was a you know a one year wonder there at Alabama, but he did it all year long, start to finish. He was the the guy. Barmore wasn't the guy till well, it mattered the most down down the stretch, you know, in the playoffs and the championship game. Which of course that carries a lot of weight, but still at number seventeen, I think that's too high. If the Raiders were to trade back in round one, you know, a little bit later, like later in the twenties, then fine, okay, I I, I could see that uh, maybe getting them at the back end of round one, but I just think 17 is too high for Christian Barmore. 
Daniel Jeremiah, and this is Daniel Jeremiah's latest one, and this is in like late February he put this one out. Uh, he has Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan for the Raiders. Pay would give the Raiders some much-needed speed and athleticism up front. I've heard he's going to put on a show at his pro day. Uh, so that's a that's a dated one from Daniel Jeremiah. He hasn't uh, updated with another another mock draft just yet, but uh, he, at one point he had Quiddy Pay for the edge rusher, uh, the edge rusher out of Michigan. I, I'm not 100% sold on that pick right there, but that's where DJ had for for the Raiders at 17. How about Bucky Brooks, his tag team partner? Uh, he has Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Out of linebacker out of Notre Dame for uh, number 17 overall. Says the Raiders need an infusion of athleticism and playmaking ability on the second level. Awusu Koromoa is a sideline to sideline defender with speed, instincts, and big hit ability. And everyone knows I've been a big fan of Awusu Koromoa for a long time. Uh, I, I think that he would be a good fit with the Raiders. I, I really do. Uh, I could see them going and getting him. But I was really, really sold on, on Awusu Koromoa before uh, the fact that the whole offensive line got broken down, you know, before Trent Brown officially got traded to uh, the Patriots and then Gabe Jackson gets moved and then Rodney Hudson gets moved. So uh, Koromoa became less uh, of, a, of a factor, became less of a need uh, as far as I was concerned at number 17, even though this is a draft that's very, very deep in offensive tackle. So that's something else to think about. But uh, I wouldn't have any problem with a Wusu Koromoa. If the Raiders decided to take him there at 17, I'd have no problem with that. Uh, Chad Reeder, uh, he picked Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. He said trading Trent Brown to the Patriots created a big hole at the right tackle spot. Derisaw has the strength and athleticism to play either side of the line, even though he's stuck on the blind side during his career at Virginia Tech. Uh, that's from Chad Reeder, uh, Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. And uh, that's, a, that's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation's high on. Uh, I'm very high on him as well. Uh, he is a left tackle. He didn't give up any sacks in 2020. I think that that's major. He would have to kick over to the right side, at least to start off his career. And of course, Colton Miller uh, just got that contract extension. So it doesn't look like Colton Miller is going to be going anywhere for a while. But, uh, you know, you'd have really solid bookends, you know. And I do feel like Christian Derisaw is the guy that could make that move to the right side and be good. I was hesitant at first because because I'm not really big on these guys moving positions. You know, talked about that, done a whole podcast on moving positions. Like, play these guys where they play. So, you know, that's that's exactly what I said. So, uh, you know, not a big fan of moving them, but I think that the, the the move from left tackle to right tackle could be okay for Derisaw. He sounded very confident when asked if he could play that position. So I, I think that he could hold that down in a major way, and I think he'd be a really, really good pick at number 17. So that's from Chad Reeder. Uh, Cynthia Freeland. She picked Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. She said Parsons is listed as a linebacker in the program, but defending the slot and coverage is one of his strengths that forecast to pay immediate dividends. The Raiders would be well served to address the interior of their O-line in round two. And that's the one thing about this. You know, everyone knows that there's a hole at the right tackle position for the Raiders. But this draft is very, very deep in tackles and guards, and you could address it later on. You don't have to just go get one uh, in the first round. Now, the argument I have for going to get one in the first round is might as well get the best one you can, right? Go get the very best one that you can and just have that uh, solid, solid offensive line like you're used to having. The Raiders have had one of the best offensive lines in the league for a few years now, and now it's it's broken down, and now they're trying to rebuild it, and you've got to rebuild it with really good parts. So my argument would be, hey, go get the best one that you can get uh, in in round one if he's there. If, if the guy that you, you covet is there, go get him. But she brings up a good point. And Michael Parsons, if he's available at 17, is is linebacker one. I mean, he is an absolute dog as far as the linebacking position goes. And uh, I'll actually be surprised if he's off the board, uh, if he's not off the board before 17. And then Adam Rank, he went and doubled down and said Michael Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. He said this isn't a perfect need-based pick for the Raiders, 
But Parsons is going to check a lot of boxes with what he could do on defense. The Penn State product does a number of things quite well, including covering backs and tight ends. And I don't think you should spend a first-round pick just to shut down Travis Kelsey, but it certainly is kind of a bonus that Parsons wouldn't let Kelsey run wild, wide open like the end of the Kansas City game in Vegas when the Chiefs won on that touchdown pass to Kelsey late. He's not wrong. You know, the Raiders do have to figure out and, and get a guy, and that's why a Micah Parsons or a Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa are two guys that would be good fits with the team because they're going to need that kind of guy, a guy who can cover the tight ends, the Kelseys, you know, the Fants, the, uh, well, Hunter Henry's now with the Patriots, but still, I mean, he's got to have guys that can cover the tight ends, especially in that Gus Bradley defense. Uh, you know, they're going to want to have guys that, that they could use like that. And then Brent Wiseman from the Draft Network. He's actually been on the podcast before talking about the Raiders. Uh, had a really good uh, show with him. I, th- I want to say it was a couple months ago. But either way, uh, he's a really good dude. Uh, anyway, I checked out his uh, his mock draft, and he's on, like, mock draft 6.0. But uh, he also picked Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. He said Las Vegas addressed their need at edge rusher by adding Yannick Ngakwe, allowing the team to be flexible at pick number 17. While right tackle and free safety are arguably more pressing needs, the team simply can't pass on Awusu Koromoa as a versatile second-level defender. Awusu Koromoa's ability and coverage is special for a linebacker, and in Gus Bradley's scheme, you need linebackers who can cover. Awusu Koromoa's versatility and ability to cover man-to-man in the slot will allow the Raiders to stay in base, thus also helping their run defense. So there's a pretty lengthy description right there of why... Brent Wiseman thinks that Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa should be the pick at number 17 if the Raiders do indeed go with that that pick. And look, I'll say, if if you think Corey Littleton all of a sudden is going to be able to to cover and play a lot better than he did in year one under uh, under Paul Gunther, then maybe you don't go with a Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa or a Micah Parsons. Maybe you go in a different direction if you feel like Corey Littleton could be that guy. But if you have any questions, if... He's going to be able to cover one of the tight ends or one or some running backs out of the backfield. If you have any questions about that, if he's going to be able to fill that void, then you probably do need to go with a Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa or a Micah Parsons. So there's good options there, and there's good reasonings. I think every selection that I ran off is a good one outside of Barmore. I just think that Barmore is, is too high at number 17, and I'm okay on Quiddy Pay, the edge out of Michigan. I, I think that you could probably get a, a really good edge a little bit later as well. So uh, the defensive tackle position I know is, is very thin as far as this draft goes. The edge is a little bit deeper. So I think you can get a really good edge a little bit later. Uh, I'm probably leaning without all these picks here. I'm leaning with Darisaw or else uh, – Owusu, Koromoa, or Micah Parsons, of course. I mean, Micah Parsons, I didn't ever think was going to be in position to be there at 17 for the Raiders to to select him. So uh, I would be shocked if he was there at 17. But then again, nobody thought CeeDee Lamb was going to be there at 17 for the Cowboys last year. That's the perfect example that I always go to whenever someone says, well, uh, a talented guy like that's not going to fall. Well, crazier things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And sometimes you just got to go with the no-brainer if they're there. So that's what I got for you for Mock Draft Monday. Just uh, going through some of the picks from some of the some of the folks out there that do a really good job with Mock Drafts. Lance Zerline, he picked Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Daniel Jeremiah has Pay, the edge out of Michigan. Bucky Brooks, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Chad Reeder, Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Cynthia Freeland, Micah Parsons, linebacker Penn State. Adam Rank, Micah Parsons. 
Parsons, linebacker Penn State, and Brent Wiseman from the Draft Network, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and just about the bar in general, man. They got so many flavors to choose from that you really can't go wrong. I mean, they they had 18 flavors, and then they increased it to even more than that. So you just got to go to the website and check out all the flavors. But just know that they're really a great-tasting protein bar. I mean, that's what the bottom line is. It's a protein bar, so it's good for you, but they taste great. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious man or woman. They can help you lose or maintain weight while you're enjoying a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. So definitely go check it out. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order just like that. So not only are you going to get a great taste of protein bar, but you're also going to save money at the same time. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Again, at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Got a lot of good ones to get to. So let's go ahead and start things off with Cisco in the 661. He's calling to talk about Friday's show, what he thinks that the Raiders should do in the draft as far as being aggressive or trying to trade back. Here he is, Cisco in the 661. What's up, Q? Raider Nation, it's uh, Cisco in the 661. Just wanted to get a quick call about your show on Friday. Great show, by the way. Um, I don't like to say this very often, but I applaud the Niners, man. They, they feel like they're a quarterback away, and they got aggressive, traded up, and more than likely are going to draft a quarterback. And it's looking like the right move. In the perfect world, I would love for the Raiders to trade back, kind of build up some more picks for our defense. If we were a player away, I would totally love to get super aggressive, like you were saying, and trade. Um, but if a guy did fall, like Patrick Sertain, I feel like he's going to be a stud. Or Devontae Smith, if they get in like the double-digit rounds, those would be two guys I would love to trade for. Try to pick, though, Devontae Smith would would help out our receiving core. Just because we already spent a first-round pick last year, I think we got to give more time for, for our net to develop and just trust the process. But, yeah, Devontae Smith would be awesome. He'd be more of a possession receiver. I do love Jalen Waddle as well, but... Him and Ruggs have similar skill set. So, you know, to have Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Josh Jacobs, got a little mini Alabama team out there. We went from drafting Clemson players to now Alabama players. But I, I think that'd be a great fit if we if he was to fall and we were to get super aggressive. I would like to trade back. But if they if they made that move happen, I'd be pretty happy about it. Let me know what you think, man. Um just win, baby. There he goes. That's Cisco in the 661. Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertain, a couple guys he wouldn't mind the Raiders being aggressive for and trading up for. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, man. And those are those are difference makers, you know. And I, I don't think that uh, anyone should say that the Raiders are out of the out of the conversation of drafting a wide receiver early. Uh, because they have wide receivers on the squad? I don't think so. And just because they drafted Henry Ruggs, uh, I think they need to continue to be aggressive offensively and continue to build that uh, that offense up as well as the defense. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text, pretty lengthy text from Weapon X. Okay, Q, you wanted thoughts on the Raiders being aggressive in the draft. I only did four rounds. I traded up for both quarterback Justin Fields in round one and right tackle Tevin Jenkins in round two. Then got a versatile safety and another young wide receiver in rounds three and four. 
Fields gives us the best of what Carr and Mariota could do in one quarterback. He's built like a linebacker at 6'3", 228 pounds, runs a 4'4", time at his pro day. Only Lamar Jackson ran a faster 40 for a quarterback in the last 15 years, and he's had completion percentages of 69, 67, and 70 over his three years at Ohio State while averaging nine yards per completion. This also blocks the Broncos from moving up to take him. Chiefs moved up from 27 to 10 to get Mahomes for the same price. I have the Raiders trading 17, next year's one, and the three that the Raiders got from Arizona. Carr could be flipped for a late first or early second if the Raiders won fields to start day one. Washington at 19 and Chicago at 20 both feel like a possible landing spot for Carr in this scenario if the Raiders threw in a fourth round pick. This would allow the Raiders to still draft either Jeremiah Wusu koromoa or Trayvon Merrick. You want an aggressive? Here you go from Weapon X. Yeah, you ain't lying, man. That is super aggressive right there. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I never even thought about Justin Fields as being a possibility. I don't think that the Raiders go and draft a quarterback, go make a move for a quarterback early in this in this draft anyway. I do think it would be smart for them to draft a quarterback. I keep saying that each and every year. And one of these days I'll do a show on, on actually the New England Patriots and how many quarterbacks they drafted while they had Tom Brady. And it was a lot of them. It was a ton. And I know none of them ended up being a Patriots starter, but... They ended up flipping them to other teams, and they were starters of other teams, and they're still in the league. And so there's a lot of guys that are still in the league. But anyway, that's for another day. Um, I didn't think about that. I, I don't know. I wonder what John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock think of Justin Fields. Because me, I'm just a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little skeptical just because uh, Ohio State, those Ohio State guys always concern me. I always get really concerned with how good a player they're actually going to be. You know, are they going to be the real deal or are they not? You know, and it's just so many times you see a quarterback come out of Ohio State state and then they end up not being that great in the league you know what I mean like that's just kind of one of those things that concerns me but I wonder what those guys think of Justin Fields and and if that would be a possibility but you sure did hit it on the head that is about as aggressive as it could possibly get so thanks so much for that text next up got a call from brother Marquise in the 305 he's calling in fired up about Friday's show and how he's 100% on board with the team getting aggressive in the draft and go get difference makers he's explaining what he means by that here he is brother Marquise in the 305 rep Miami one time man oh man Q um brother Marquise man I hope that you got time to get this on the radio because you got my blood pumping boy let me tell you, man, that is what I've been talking about. This whole conversation you had yesterday about about the Raiders being aggressive. That's it. I am so on board with you. you know, listen, I'm I'm with you. I'm not saying they need to be reckless and just trade, uh, you know, the mortgage the future in order to move up to make some good picks. But man, you gotta you gotta get difference makers. You gotta get playmakers. You know, you have to, you know, you have to be aggressive. You know, I, I'm so tired of, of, and maybe it's not from the administrative side, maybe it's more from a fan side, but basically people turning their backs on great, on potential great players because you got guys that are good enough. Well, let me tell you something, guys. Good enough ain't good enough. We have a commitment to excellence, not a commitment to good enough. So when you're looking at guys like, like you said, Waddle, or if they feel Devonta Smith is that guy, or things like that, and you sitting there saying, you know what, we don't need to go for a wide receiver because, you know, our wide receiver core is good enough. Good enough isn't, isn't going to get it done. I hear people talking about all the time, you know, we really need to just really focus on the defense because the offense was good enough. No, it wasn't good enough. We didn't make the playoffs. We didn't make a playoff run. Yes, the defense struggled, but if the offense was better, it could put, you know, it would have put some more more slack for the defense. So it wasn't good enough. You know, 
You know who thought that was good? No, you know who doesn't think it's good enough? Kansas City Chiefs. Alex Smith is good enough. They decided they wanted to be great. You got Patrick Mahomes. You know who doesn't think good enough is good enough? The 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably good enough. They got him to the Super Bowl, but they wanted great. So they made aggressive moves. John Brown, you know, Willie Sneed, those guys are probably good enough. But are they great? Can they take us to where we need to be? You know, same argument. You could make that same argument for almost every position we have. So, in my mind, if they decide to be aggressive and move up, then go ahead. Just get your guy. That's fine. If they stay where they are, then I hope the guy they get is great. But don't let good players dictate you from taking great players. Because good enough ain't good enough. And that's it right there. Brother Marquise in the 305 Red Miami one time just hit it right on the head. I mean, you want good players or you want great players? You've got to go out and get great players. Great players are what wins you games, what wins you championships. Great players, not just good players or good enough players. You're absolutely right. And, and the 49ers, man, that move that they made really got the wheels turning. You heard the question posed to me by Cofield, Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas, and that got the wheels turning on that whole conversation. So you're right, man. The Raiders got to go get great players, not good players, but great players. Next up, got a text from the new Jay Wash. Is it crazy to think the Raiders could turn around next year like the Bucks did in 2020? Multiple defensive back picks over the years. Defense was not coming together. Skill position drafts that were good, but not breaking through as a team. Seven and nine as Super Bowl champs. Who could be the player that brings it together for the silver and black? Is he on the roster now? Did they sign him as a free agent? Rookie right tackle and rookie safety field gaps. Hall of Fame quarterback. Obvious difference, but what are your thoughts? That's from the new Jay Wash. And I don't know. I mean, Unique Ngakwe is a difference maker. He absolutely is. I don't think the Raiders have enough difference makers, though. You know, when you look at that Tampa Bay defense and you see all the difference makers that they have just on the defensive side of the ball, and then think about all the playmakers that they have. And they even went out and made a move for A.B. And as crazy as A.B. is, I mean, hell, they they got him for eight games and, and the playoff run, and that's what he did. You know, he did some great things uh, for those eight games for him. I mean, he put up big numbers in eight games. So he was another guy that was a difference maker. So I, I don't know if the – I don't think that the Raiders are, are quite there. I think that they need some more difference makers or they need their young guys to step up and play like difference makers. You know, they need the Damon Arnett to step up. They need Henry Ruggs to step up. Uh, they're going to need Trayvon Mullen to play at a, at a higher level. I mean, there's – Max Crosby's going to have to play, uh, you know, like a big-time player instead of, you know, just – inconsistent. He was inconsistent in 2020. Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to have to even play stronger. There's a lot of guys that the Raiders have that are talented, but those talented guys are going to have to step up and play at a higher level this year. Next up is a call from Big Ben, the Raiders version. He's sharing his thoughts on Friday's show about potentially trading up. He shares his thoughts on who he wouldn't mind seeing the Raiders trade up for. Here he is, Big Ben, the Raiders version. Hey Q, this is Big Ben, the Raider version. Um, uh, great pod today, um, or yesterday. Um, Couple, uh, couple points I, w- I wanted to point out. You hit a, you struck a nerve on a couple things. On the trading up, yeah, that sounds, it sounds good if, uh, if a couple guys fall. We got the Chargers at 13, a few spots ahead of us, and you know the Chargers are going to get a tackle. Their, their interior offensive line is really kind of starting to look good, but they really need tackles. So if Penny Sewell or Slater falls at 13, they're grabbing them. So at 12 and 11, if we could jump them and one of them is, uh, is available, I definitely do that. Give up a third. It might be a little bit more. It looks like giving up a third gets you only about three or four spots up. So you probably have to give up a third and a fourth or a third, maybe a, maybe a third next year. But, um, I, I would definitely do it for them. 
the only other one I could see jumping up for is Devontae Smith. Um, I, I know uh, Gruden would absolutely love having having that playmaker um, in his offense. Um, uh, but uh, the offensive tackle, uh, if they don't get those two, I wish they could uh, trade down, but I, I just don't. I don't see too many teams, you know, willing to give Raiders value for a trade down. There's just so many offensive tackles. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah's, uh, you know, next best tackle is Mayfield down to 27. 34th best prospect Jenkins. 36th best prospect Derek Derisaw. We got Eichenberg, Raditz. Um, there's so many offensive tackles. I wish we could just get one in like the second round and just get best player available. But uh, anyway, um, also number two, the uh, the Cowboys, those season tickets. Like you said, there's a lot of uh, away fans uh, going. Um, a buddy of mine a couple years ago went to a Bears-Cowboys game. There's a ton of Bears fans, and he talked to a lot of Cowboys fans, and he said, yeah, because the PSL, it, they're, it's so expensive, they have to sell half their season tickets to to random people. So hopefully that doesn't happen in, in Vegas. Um, hopefully somehow if, if uh, people need to sell their tickets, they could, uh, you know, try to find them, you know, get get Raider fans. Anyway, uh, happy birthday shout-out to my son, uh, turning eight. Happy birthday, Jack. I'm proud of you. Love you. All right, Q, take it easy, buddy. There he goes, Big Ben, the Raiders version, and jump ahead of the Chargers. That's a good idea if you want to go up and grab a Panay Sewell. Uh, Devontae Smith, those definitely could be difference makers. Uh, so I, I like your thinking right there, especially jumping ahead of the Chargers. If you want to go make a move, get ahead of the Chargers and kind of slow them down at the same time. Not only improve your team, but slow down uh, a team in the AFC West. That's, that makes a lot of sense as well. So good call right there, my man. Definitely appreciate you, and happy birthday to your son. Shout him out. That's awesome, man. Happy eighth birthday to your son. So uh, that's all I got time for today. I still got a text from Joe in Tennessee. I got a call from Rahul in Seattle. Uh, both of those will come up on tomorrow's show, plus we'll have more news and notes of the day, and uh, we'll have some more stuff to talk about as well as we continue through the week talking Raiders football right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Make sure you take care of your family. Wash your hands. Social distance. Wear your mask. Do what you got to do. You know, just protect yourself, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you. Most importantly, though, as always, just win, baby.